0: All right, good morning, Adam Brook. Hey, great to be here with you. Um, If you're a guest, I want to give you a warm welcome. We're glad you're a part of the family. Uh, this morning, uh, it's just so good coming out of this pandemic, right? It just made me so appreciative about being able to uh, be here with my church family. Uh, we know some of you are, are watching online. Hey, we are glad you are tuned in and that you're with us as well. Uh, hey, next week is uh, Father's Day. We're going to be celebrating uh, Father's Day here uh, next Sunday. Uh, we thought what a great way to celebrate a Father's Day service by, um, by offering uh, Drip brew coffee again in the coffee shop. So that's going to, yeah. Woo! Uh, knew there'd be some excitement. We know that God loves coffee, right? I mean, he has an entire book in the Bible called Hebrews. So, oh, oh, man. That's just me getting ready for my uh, Father's Day uh, jokes. All right, um, no, we're going we're gonna to have coffee again going on in the coffee shop starting next week, and then after the service, we're going to be uh, serving uh, dad's root beer for all the men here uh, at the church, so uh, hope you'll be back next week for that, it's going to be a great, it's going to be a great Sunday. Uh, today, we are continuing our series, though, The Promise, and, and we're studying the person and the role of the, the Holy Spirit. And um, I know some of us, like, we, we love this topic, and we're excited to jump in uh, to, this, to this topic on the Holy Spirit. Um, uh, but for some of us, maybe, you know, because of our tradition and our upbringing, maybe this topic of the Holy Spirit, we're not, we're not so sure what we think about it. Now, I know some of us, we love it, right? We, 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 we like to get ghosty, right? That's how I... <laughs> Uh, but but others of us, I mean, we're just it, it's like this is uh, we're we're stepping into this like a little cautiously. And what is this you know Holy Spirit that we're uh, that that we're we're talking about? This past week, the leadership team that's uh, myself, uh, Pastor Josh, who's our ministry director, Terry, who's our operations director. We're just talking, and Josh had this great analogy. He said it's kind of like a swimming pool. Uh, and he said you got the shallow end and you have the deep end. And and some of us, I know, we're ready just to jump into the deep end and and ready to do a cannonball, right, into the deep end. Um, But others of us, we're we're not there yet. We don't know how to swim in the deep end maybe just yet when we we, comes to this topic of the Holy Spirit. But what I am going to encourage all of us to do is to get into the shallow end. I do want to challenge all of us to step into the shallow end uh, of of the pool. Uh, Because here's what I can tell you. Um, To be a Christian... Uh, you need the Holy Spirit. Let me just say it this way. You cannot live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what brings us into the Christian life. The Holy Spirit is what seals us for salvation in the Christian life. And it is the Holy Spirit that empowers us to live out the Christian life and fulfill the calling that God has for each and every one of us. So the Holy Spirit is absolutely essential to our Christian life life. And so does it get a little messy sometimes when we start talking about the Holy Spirit and and what the the applications of the Spirit are in our life? Yes, but here's my challenge to us as a church. Step into that messiness. Let's be a church that's willing to step into the messiness because here's what I've learned. When you step into the messiness, that's oftentimes where you find the good stuff. That's when you find the God stuff. And that's what my hope is for us as a church, is that we're going to be willing to step into the messiness of talking about the Holy Spirit, which is essential for each and every one of us who says we believe and love this Jesus. And this morning, I'll be honest, the conversation we're going to have is is one that can get a little messy. I want to talk this morning about how to hear from, from God. How do you personally hear from God in, in, in your life. John 10, 27, Jesus says this, he says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I want you to hear that. Jesus says his, his sheep hear his voice. Now, first off, notice Jesus refers to us here as, as sheep. And if you don't know this about sheep, I mean, this is a, an important metaphor for us. Sheep are not the The most brilliant of creatures. Let's just put it that way. Okay? I I learned this some years ago. We were at the state fair. My kids were really little at the time. And my daughter had this thing of chapstick. And you know how kids do. They like to let out a lot of the the chapstick, you know. So she had the thing out. And uh, we were in the sheep area, you know, looking at the sheep. And she was holding her chapstick. When one of the sheep stuck its head through the pen and chomped off about an inch chunk of her chapstick. Now, the sheep's lips looked great, okay? Don't get me wrong. But, 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 but I realized right there, these are not brilliant creatures. Like, they don't know what's best for them. They need a shepherd to lead them. Uh, those of us who are familiar with, with sheep, without a shepherd, they end up by themselves. They'll end up getting attacked and eaten by wolves or other predators. Sheep don't know how to find food And so they have been found starved to death in fields where they don't have a shepherd. This is why Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures to rest where there's food. He leads me beside quiet waters where there's drink. He restores my soul. Friends, we need a shepherd. We need to know the shepherd's voice so that we can be led in life because here's the reality there's all kinds of other voices out there trying to tell us how we should live and where we should go you know i think about those of us who just watch way way too much of the news and 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 we're just listening to the news in morning at night we're watching the news you do realize the news is a for-profit business right and, and they, they know how to capitalize off on your fear and to get you uh, tuning in and to give sensational news that on one hand will keep you watching, but on the other hand, speak fear into your life. Some of us, it's education, and don't get me wrong, I have my master's degree, I love education, but a lot of education today is speaking a voice into people's life, telling them that they can live life on their own, they can live life however they want. One of the dangers of education is that it makes us think that we're smarter than we really are, and we forget how complex the world really is. In fact, good education, what it should do is teach you how little you actually know. A lot of education today makes people think they understand the world and can control it. And friends, it's foolishness. That's a foolish voice. I would rather my kids have less education and know the voice of their shepherd and follow his voice. Because I know that that leads to good things for those who hear their shepherd's voice and follow. Some of us, we have culture in our ear telling us it's how we dress or it's how we look, where we find our value. It's what makes us lovable. Because I don't know what that voice might be in your life, but there are all kinds of voices. And everybody's listening to a voice. It's just whose voice are you listening to? Are you listening to the voice of the good shepherd? Because the good shepherd, he will lead you right. The good shepherd will lead you into good pastures where there is green, green, and there is food to enjoy. He will lead you beside quiet waters where there is drink. And he will restore your soul when your soul needs to be restored. He really is a good shepherd. And so I've been practicing hearing God's voice, hearing the shepherd's voice since I was 17 years old and became a Christian. Because I was in a place of such brokenness. The voices of this world had lied to me and had led me astray. And now I needed to find the good shepherd's voice. I God, by his spirit, revealed that to me. And, and it's something I started practicing. And I remember there were days where I was literally having anxiety attacks on the floor because I had shot, my future was, was shot. I mean, I had dropped out of high school. You know, all my friends had gone off to college. I, there I was. I had to give up all my friends coming out of the, the drug addiction and the scene I came out of alone. On the floor, Paralyzed. By anxiety, when the drugs wore off and I realized, what have I done? But I found the good shepherd's voice. And he spoke hope to me. And he spoke encouragement to me. And he said, if you will just follow me, if you will just hold on, I will lead you into good things. And he has. He has. And it's something I've been practicing since I was 17 years old. And I call it practice because it takes practice to learn how to hear the shepherd's voice, it takes practice. I'll tell you this. This is where it gets a little messy. Sometimes I've gotten his voice wrong. Sometimes I thought it was his voice when really I would learn afterwards. No, that was my voice. And it's taken years to learn how to distinguish God's voice from the other voices in my life. But I'm telling you, you can. And it's worth the journey of learning and and, and sometimes even getting it wrong so you can become better and more equipped at how to hear the shepherd's voice for your life. And that's what I want to talk about this morning, okay? As we're in this series of the Holy Spirit, we need to understand that it is the Holy Spirit that speaks God's thoughts to us. It is the Holy Spirit that speaks God's voice to us. Uh, Paul makes this very clear. You can read this the whole chapter of chapter 2 in 1 Corinthians, uh, maybe on your own time this week because it's all about this. But he says this. He says, No one knows the thoughts of God except the what? The Spirit of God. So if you want to know the thoughts of God, you have to have the Spirit of God in you revealing the thoughts of God to your soul, okay? This is Paul's argument in 1 Corinthians 2, that it takes the Holy Spirit to live the Christian life, okay? But how, how do we do that? Because it really is something we have to learn, and it's something we have to practice. This morning, I, I want to talk about how could you maybe start taking some, some steps, to to better hearing God's voice in your own life. We're going to look at a story of a young boy this this morning. This boy's name is Samuel and Samuel is going to grow up. He's going to become a prophet for God, okay? Um, But this is an interesting story because at this point, he's a young boy serving in the tabernacle, the temple of God at that time, but It's going to give us a glimpse into how he learned to hear God's voice in his own life. So we're going to look at 1 Samuel starting in chapter 3 this morning. Verse 1 says this. It says, the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. Okay. Now Eli, just so you know, he's the adult priest at the time who oversees the tabernacle. Uh, This is before David, this is before Jerusalem, so this is a tabernacle located in Shiloh, okay? Eli there is the priest at the time, and Samuel lives at this tabernacle. Now it says, now in those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and visions were scarce. And I want to just stop there for a second, because this is telling us something. This is telling us that God's voice is something to be desired, That it's a sad thing when we can't hear God's voice in our life. But it's telling us in that time, they were in a drought. The Lord's voice was rare, visions were scarce, so people aren't having visions. And the the idea here is this is is a sad, somewhat depressed time because there's no word from the Lord. Verse 2 goes on to say, and at that time, Eli, whose eyesight had grown so dim that he could not see was lying in his room. Before the lamp of God had gone out, Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was located. Again, he's just a young boy lying there in the tabernacle, and it says, Then the Lord called to Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. I think this is the first lesson we learn from the story of how do we hear from God. It starts with being still. you got a handout, and you're taking notes. This is the first this is where it starts. We've got to learn how to be still. You know, Samuel is lying down. It's in a quiet place where he can hear. There's no distractions. I remember when I was in college and I just, I had this hunger and this desire, God, I'm going to meet you. I'm going to know you. I'm going to walk with you. And, um, I sat down every day and, and got into my Bible. I was obsessed with the Psalms at that time. And I came across Psalm 46, 10, and it said, Be still and know that I am God. And I realized right there, like, I had grown up in a world that had just taught me to constantly be busy. Busy in my life. Busy in every my actions. Busy even in my mind. And I, was, I learned, if I'm going to hear from God, the first thing I got to do is learn to Be still. And so by being still, it's going to mean at least two things for us. It's going to mean, first, you're going to need a place and a time where you can be free from distractions the best you possibly can. Those of us with kids, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's a bigger, that's a, some, some days that's a, that's a challenge. There have, there have honestly been days where I've gone and I've locked myself in the bathroom just so I could spend time with God. In fact, shower time is one of the best times where I have conversations with the Lord, where I can be free from distractions. By the way, parents, uh, I've learned a little secret: just play hide and seek with your kids, and then just go find a really good spot where you can hide out for a while. And then when you're done meeting with the Lord, you'll come back, and they will think you are a champion game player, right? You, you, you know, everybody wins. But you got to find a time and a space to meet, to meet with God. That's where it starts. But then it's not just a time and place. Uh, You know, you've got to learn how to still your mind as well. Because our minds constantly have thoughts and distractions bombarding us, don't we? All of us struggle to some degree or another with attention deficit order, right? ADD, all of us. In fact, there are two kinds of people in the world, those who struggle with attention deficit disorder. And have I told you how much I love bacon? Um, you getting the point? Yeah. Yeah, we all get distracted. Our minds, we all to some degree. So we've got to learn how to clear our minds and still our minds so that we might hear. From the Lord. Now, a lot of us, we can't, uh, just we can't. I, it's hard for a lot of us just to empty our minds and create sort of that blank space. So a lot of people over the years have learned techniques and ways to help with that. Some people uh, just will read a scripture and they'll focus on a scripture. That way their mind is not staying blank. It's still staying active, but it's active in a way that draws them t- closer to the Lord. Some people will just focus on a thought or a statement of God or of themselves. They'll just meditate. God loves me. God knows me. God cares for me. And they'll focus on a thought that draws their mind. And yeah, the distracting thoughts might come, but they come and they go. Meanwhile, my mind stays focused on that thought about God. Other people have found journaling to be very helpful. But friends, the the key here is learning to be still before God. This is the first step if you're going to hear God's voice. You're going to have to learn to be still. Okay, let's read on. Verse 5 says, Samuel ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you have called me. Now, here's what's happening here. Uh, Samuel doesn't realize that this is the Lord speaking to him yet, and he thinks it's Eli. So in this case, it, it, it sounds like it's almost like an audible voice. I've never had God speak to me in an audible voice, but other Christians throughout history have. Augustine, for example, became a Christian because he heard God tell him to pick up his Bible and read. So, if that's what's happening here, regardless, uh, Samuel thinks that it's Eli in the other room calling him. And it says, I did not call, Eli replied. He said, Go back and lie down. So he went and he laid down. And once again, the Lord called Samuel. So Samuel got up, went to Eli, and said, Here I am, for you have called me. My son, I did not call, Eli replied, Go back and, and lie down. And now Samuel did not yet know the Lord because the, the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Friends, I want you to underline that last verse. Samuel didn't know the Lord. And this is interesting because Samuel has grown up in the tabernacle. Samuel has grown up serving the Lord. Samuel's heard all the stories from the Torah. He's grown up in Sunday school hearing the Bible that at least was available at the time. He knows about creation, the creation narrative. He knows about the God who brought Israel out of Egypt and into the promised land. He grew up hearing these stories, and yet it tells us he did not know the Lord. Guys, we got to understand there is a difference between knowing about God and knowing God. And it says the difference was he had not yet heard the word of the Lord. So, if you're taking notes, the second thing I put, if you want to hear from God, I got to spend time with God. I got to get to know this God. It concerns me a little bit that we can grow up in church. And and by the way, if you grew up in church and had mom and dad bringing you to church, you need to give them a big hug and say, thank you. What a blessing that is for your life. But at the same time, there's a danger that comes with it. You can grow up and you can hear all the stories. And hear about this God. And he can become so familiar to you that you never actually think about getting to know him for yourself. There's a danger in that. You know enough about God that you don't actually ever get to know God personally, in a personal way for your life, and what God might want to say to you and what he might want to speak into your life. And so, friends, if we're going to get to know this God, we we've got to spend some time with Him. We can't just rely on the pastor. We can't just rely on our Bible study teacher. We can't just. We've got to sit up, and we've got to get to know this God for ourselves and see what He might want to say to us on a personal, personal level. There's a difference between knowing about God, and actually knowing God, and. I'm telling you when you get into the series on the Holy Spirit and some of the questions and concerns that that rise up, I, 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 I've seen I, I've seen it. it's It's this uh, you know, we'll read about the God who turned into a or or spoke through a a bush that was on fire to Moses. we'll We'll read about a God who parted the Red Sea and had his people walk through it. We'll read about a God who was resurrected from the dead. We'll read about a God who came down on the church with tongues of fire. And then we start talking about the signs and wonders. We've seen this last year here at Edinburgh Church with healings and all kinds of things. A person across the street, it's not a part of this church thing. He saw our church on fire one day and ran over here and started running around our building. And we start talking about that like what, this is weird, like what, what is going on? I don't know if I can I don't know if I can handle all this Holy Spirit talk. Friends, this is the God we grew up reading about. <laughs> it shouldn't be strange. Is our God strange? Our God is strange to our human ways. Does our God work in strange ways? Our God absolutely works in strange ways, but he shouldn't be a stranger. This is who he is it's amazing. We can know all the stories and how weird he is in the Bible. Then he shows up and it's like, well, I I can't handle that. That's because we know about him, but we don't actually know him. And I want to challenge us to be a church that knows God personally in a personal, private, intimate way. Are you with me? Be a church that desires to spend time with this God. John 17 3 says, now this is eternal life. That they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I want you to notice what we just read. Because what we just read is very important for you. I know how some of us heard this. Some of us heard this, that if you get to know God, then you will go to heaven when you die. That is the basic way that most of us grew up. That's our tradition. That's what we we're taught. I get to know God. I put my faith in Jesus. And I go to heaven. I get eternal life when I die. That is not what Jesus is saying here. See, we treat Jesus like he is the means to heaven. This verse is saying Jesus isn't just the means. He's also the end Knowing God, friends, is heaven. Yes, he's the means. We can't come into a relationship and get to know this God without the means, which is Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. But through that means, Jesus also becomes the end. I get Jesus. That is the gospel. You know what the gospel is? You can sum up the gospel with this easy say: The gospel is you get God. You get to know the God who loves you, who cares for you, and wants to have a personal relationship with you and speak into your life. Woo! Woo! This is eternal life. Not this leads to eternal life. See, we talked about this last week, the already but not yet. No, the kingdom has not completely come, but the kingdom is already here. How do you get the kingdom inside of you? You get to know God. And when you know God, you got heaven with you today. Oh, church, I'm, just, I'm trying to keep this one calm today. I'm trying to keep this one. This is heavy stuff, and I am too far away from you guys. Man, if we grasp this, getting to know God in such a deep, personal way that the kingdom was actually inside of us. It's been said that that's the church's job is to make the kingdom that is invisible, visible, <laughs> by having this eternal life in you. How do you get eternal life? You have a personal relationship with the living God. And it's interesting because you go on in 1 Samuel, at the end of 3, it says this, verse 21. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel. How did he reveal himself to Samuel? How did Samuel get to know him? Through his word. Yeah, speaking into Samuel's life. Keep speaking in you. I'm going to keep communicating with you, Samuel, until you get to know me. We're going to spend eternity, friends, continuing to get to know this God deeper and deeper. But that can start now. So that's the second thing, okay? I got to spend time with God. Third, if, uh, or let me keep reading. I'm going to go on to verse 8 here. It says, once again, for the third time, so this is the third time now, it says, the Lord called to Samuel. He got up and he went to Eli, and he said, here I am. For, for you have, you've called me. Again, talking to Eli here. It says, then Eli realized that it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So go and lie down, he said to Samuel. And, and if the Lord calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and he laid down in his place. And then the Lord came and stood there calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak, for your servant is listening. Here's the third thing we learn from this, that if, if we want to hear from God, I need to listen intently. So Samuel, I'm listening, Lord. Like that old transistor radio that, you know, you adjust one way, it's all static. You adjust it the other way, all static. And until you get that, Lord, I'm listening. I am tuning. You have to practice this, friends. You have to practice tuning your heart into the spirit. Did you realize that? You got to still yourself. You got to get to know this God so you know where to tune yourself into. And then you got to learn how to tune your heart into the voice of God, into the spirit of God so that you might hear from him. You've got to learn to to listen. Um, Jack Deere, who wrote a great book called Surprised by the Voice of God, uh, he, he talks about his own journey of not thinking that God wanted to talk to us today. And then he realized, whoa, God, is talking to me, and he wrote this book, so I encourage you to read it if you're interested. But he said he had trained himself his whole life to not hear from God. I think that's true for us. I think many of us have trained ourselves so that we push God's voice out when it comes. He said, I'd be praying, and I'd have my prayer list, and people I'm praying for, and then all of a sudden this name would come to me of somebody I needed to pray for, and I'd be like, well, get out of here. I gotta stick to my list wonder how many times God is trying to talk to us, and because of our assumptions and our misunderstandings, we end up pushing God's voice away. We've got to learn, friends, to listen. Now, let me just say this. There are a lot of ways God wants to communicate with us, There are are more ways than just him directly wanting to to speak a word or a prompting into your heart. And let me just give you a few uh, of the ways God might want to talk to you. Um, First is through Scripture, of course. This is the most obvious one. We need to understand that the Bible is the most reliable source of revelation that we have. I need to listen to Scripture. In fact, if anything is outside of the bounds of Scripture, you can know right there it's not from the Lord. The Bible does tell us we need to test the spirits. How do we test when we're tuning our heart? How do I test? Does it line up with Scripture? So we got to be students of the Word. We got to have God's Word in us, all right? Or we might get led astray. That's where this can get a little messy. Another one way we get to know the voice of God and, and, and have God communicate to us is through visions and dreams. Do you believe that God still gives visions and dreams today? Okay, because Peter makes it very clear. Last week we talked about Peter's, you know, the day of Pentecost when pre- Peter preached a sermon leading 3,000 people uh, to the church, uh, to Christ that became the, the, the birth of the church. In that sermon, he says this in verse 17. In the last days, by the way, we are in the last days. God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. That's now. We all receive the Holy Spirit. We talked about that last week. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see vision, and your old men will dream dreams. He made it very clear that we are going to be living in a time where the Holy Spirit will give us visions and dreams. Now, I haven't had a lot of dreams in my life that I thought were, were God talking to me. Uh, I'm a heavy sleeper. <laughs> so if I yes, I didn't remember them when I woke up, but I have had some visions. In fact, at the last prayer and worship night just a few weeks ago, we were singing a song. We were in a worship song. And I had this vision missed this sign. And it was when I was in my past, one of the worst moments in my life, something that I was doing that I shouldn't have been doing. And in this vision, I could see myself. And Jesus was there, and his hand was on my shoulder. And he was saying to me, Brent, even in your worst moment, I was there with you. And that verse came to my mind that he's known me since the foundations of the world. Friends, do you realize God loves you? When, When you experience that, his love goes to a deeper place. That brought inner healing into my life. You, you could tell me that all day long. The preacher could tell me that all day long. I could read that in the scriptures all day long. Having that vision, it took that love and that grace of my Jesus to a deeper place. And I'm thankful that I had that vision. We ought to desire that, friends, from, from our God. Visions and dreams can be the way one of the ways He speaks to us. Signs. Sometimes God's going to give us signs that are going to point us in the direction we need to go. Um, uh, when when our Logan and Michaela hadn't been born yet uh, Danielle had about a week before we knew they were due we were struggling with what to name our son Logan we had Kayla's name picked out but we didn't have Logan's name picked out we had three names that we were disagreeing about and i remember we were sitting in a Jimmy John's and we're desperate like we're sweating like we don't know what we we don't have any agreement what are we going to name our son you know, and with your first kids, it's like everything is hinging on that. Like, what are you going to name them? Now it's like the first thing you see, sunshine, okay. And then it's, but at this point, it felt like the world was, you know, hanging on what we were going to name our son. And we were desperate. So we just went to God and prayed. I remember in the Jimmy Johns, we just we stopped dating. We prayed, we said, Lord, would you give us a sign? We need a sign. What are we going to name our boy? So we got into the car, we started driving. We hadn't been driving, but Three to five minutes, we're in a neighborhood we've never been in. It's a part of town we've never been in before. And we're driving, and we come down the street, and we see uh, that the street that we're about to drive past is called Brent Road. My name, not a very common name. You don't see that a whole lot, a a road named Brent Road. And the next street down, the sign says Logan Street. The Lord literally gave us a sign. (laughs) And we put Logan on his birth certificate. And I kid you not, that's how we agreed on the name Logan. And I believe in that name has fit my son well. Sometimes if you pray, God might just give you a sign. Okay? Another way he speaks to us is through other people. Other people. There's no such thing as a lone ranger Christian. God created us for community. He's not going to give any one of us all there is to know. He wants us being together, working together. The the, the Bible says that with many advisors, plans succeed. So none of us should ever think that we have it all figured out. We, We need other Christians in our life helping to communicate God's word to us. I also put conscience. God wants to speak through your conscience. When you become a believer, when you become born again, he renews your conscience so it becomes soft, so he can begin speaking to you through your conscience. And then I also just put circumstances and situations. God will use circumstances and situations in your life to try to communicate with you. I, I remember again when I was doing something I shouldn't have been doing many, many years ago. I was standing around with a group of, of people and we were doing something we shouldn't have been doing. I knew I shouldn't have been doing it. I was doing it anyways. And all of a sudden I started feeling stinging on my leg and I looked down. And I was standing in a mound of fire ants. Now, this is in Texas. And if you don't know how bad fire ants are, you don't want to find out. And my leg was crawling with him. And I was going and I knew. There was a part of me that knew God was trying to get my attention. But unfortunately, my heart was hard at the time, and I still pushed him Friends, here's my question for you. What is God trying to communicate to you right now? What what is God trying to teach you or to say to you in life right now through one of these things? What, What might he be trying to communicate with you? I'd encourage you to think about that this week because I know this. God wants to speak to you. I don't know the means he might choose to use, but he wants to speak into your life, okay? Now, I have one more thing I want to say, and then we'll wrap this up. We finish this story, verse 11. It says, Then the Lord came, said to Samuel, I'm about to do something in Israel at which the ears of all who hear it will tingle. On that day, I will carry out against Eli, the priest, Everything I have spoken about his family from beginning to end, I told him that I would judge his house forever for the iniquity of which he knows because his sons blasphemed God and he did not restrain them. So we read earlier, if you get into chapter 2 of 1 Samuel, uh, Eli's uh, sons are stealing the sacrifices from people by force so that they can feast upon them. So people are coming to the temple to worship and people are st- the sons are stealing the animals. And they're also having sex with the women that work at the the, the tabernacle. And Eli has just let this go on. And um, there's an important lesson for us here. Who is God speaking to? Samuel. Who is God not speaking to? He's not speaking to Eli, the priest. And so this is a very important one, friends. If we're going to hear from God, the fourth thing we've got to do is we've got to walk in holiness. I'm just telling you, if you want to hear from God, you are going to have to walk in holiness. Sin will get in the way from you hearing God's voice in your life. Now, this is where I got to speak from a little bit of experience. I can't prove this, okay, uh, with scripture, but this has been my own journey and my own experience. I've learned that there are some things God, in a sense, we're all sinners, right? Myself included. There's some things that God lets me get away with. Like just hypothetically, okay? Very hypothetical. I might stub my toe and a word might come out that shouldn't have come out. God kind of lets me get away with that. That doesn't get in the way of my hearing God's voice. And I could mention some other things. that That was hypothetical, by the way. But there are some other things that if I even dip a toe into it, I can't hear the voice of God. And I'm just being brutally honest with you. I'm just being totally transparent with you. I've learned over the years, for me, pornography can't happen. Because when I'm, when I'm looking at porn and when I give way to porn, all of a sudden, I can't hear God's voice in my life anymore. I can't hear God communicating with me. And I would compare it. It's like, a, it's like when I'm hearing God's voice, guys, I am confident. When I'm hearing God's voice, it's like having a compass and I know where it's pointed and I know where to go. And it's really like I don't care what happens because I know what God is saying to me. And there is a confidence in my soul. But when I look at porn, and now it's like you've ever seen where a compass is like going all over the place and you haven't. That's what it feels like. And I, I don't know. I don't know. And I, so I lose my confidence. I don't know how to follow. I don't know where to go. I just feel like I'm alone. And I have to think there's some other things like that in some of our life that if we even dip a toe into it, it's like all of a sudden, God, I don't hear from you. I can't hear from you. Now, here's the good news. We worship and serve an awesome, forgiving, gracious, good God. And he says we can come to him and we can receive grace in our time of need. Oh, 1 John 1, 9, memorize it, learn it for your life. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. And will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Are there any sins that we need to confess this morning so that we can start hearing the voice of God in our life again? The good news is he stands ready to forgive. He stands ready to Cleanse you and make your heart clean again so that you can be holy as he is holy. And begin hearing from your God and walking with the confidence that he wants to give you. Friends, most of you are familiar with my story. You know what I come out of, drug addiction, brokenness. By the way, I think some of us discover the voice of God in our time of brokenness. Some of you, I love you, God blessings on you, but your life has been too good. <laughs> but there's a reason Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of God. Friends, is in our broken place when we recognize how sinful we are and our need for a savior. That's often where we discover the voice and goodness of our God. And I want that for you. And I'm not angry. I know my eyebrows do that thing. I'm not angry. I'm fighting for you. I'm interceding for you. I want that for you. And there I am, a high school dropout, no friends, a loser. But I found the voice of my God. And he led me to a little church that I had a history with. It was embarrassing going to that church because all these people knew my story. They knew I was the high school dropout. But God said, that's where I want you to go. And I said, God, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to be faithful. And that's where I went. And I became friends with a a guy named Jared there. Jared's dad was the pastor there. And one day, Jared's dad said, I want to tell you about a school called Covenant Bible College. I think you should go. I think he was trying to get rid of me. But I went. And there I met my wife, Danielle, and she told me about this school called Northwestern College. And I went to Northwestern College, and then God said, it's time to move. You're going to Dallas, Texas, so you could go to seminary. And then he said, you're moving from there to go up to Minnesota. And I just was listening. I was like, I'm just going to be obedient. And he just led me into one good thing after another until I found myself here. And I said, God, I am glad I listened to your voice. You got to listen to the voice. I'm telling you, some of you maybe you don't think you're worthy, or you think it's just pastors, or you think it's just priests, or you think it's just prophets. No, friends, you all have the Holy Spirit. You can begin hearing the voice of God today. That is the privilege we get to experience because of what Christ Jesus sacrificed his life for, so that you could know this God in a personal, real, private, intimate, intimate way. Not angry, I'm fighting for you. Receive it. Receive that today. Guys, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, you know I'm interceding for our church, God. Some of us, it's all stories. We know about you, but we don't know you. God, would you just break through whatever that wall is today and would you speak to whoever that person who needs to hear you right now? Just speak a word to their heart. Let them know, God, how much you love them. Let them know how much you care for them. There's a sin that needs to be confessed. I just pray that right now as a church, we just take a moment of quiet and we just say, Lord, this is the sin. I confess it. I hand it over to you. Help me turn from it so that I can be back in a right relationship with you and hear from you today. God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you that you are a good shepherd. May we be led by your voice. May we know your voice. May we practice hearing your voice starting this week if we've never done that before. May we experience the goodness that comes through the sacrifice of our king. We pray this in his name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Whoa! Can I get a can I get a whoa Down that's right all right let's stand up Man I think I'm going to join the worship team today by yes. same goodness of our god